It's so funny. When I very first started using LinkedIn, I, I got... I got job offers. I got leads as I would use it more. And I just mm-hmm. figured that was the normal. And then as I, I've been talking to people after starting my company, uh, I found that you could have a LinkedIn profile and not have it be a lead generation source. And so, so much of what I've done has been like, well, what are you doing wrong here? Like yeah. get more active. It, it really is. It's the place for leads. Three, two, one. Zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Go Rogue Podcast. My name is Brian Fitton. This is a podcast dedicated to doing marketing differently. And uh, I'm joined today with my, my lovely co-host, Miss Lauren Lewis. Hey, what's up, Lauren? Hey. She's got her awesome headphones on if you're watching on I video. Do. If you're not watching on video, you are missing out on these awesome headphones. And then we also have... <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got to go over time. And then we have an amazing guest today, uh, Mr. AJ. How's it going, AJ? You doing all right? Uh, doing awesome. We're, uh, I don't know when the episode's coming out, but we're just getting ready for a Thanksgiving break here. I'm yes. pretty excited. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, what we got. Before we start recording, we're talking about this. Like, we're all ready to just kind of chill out for the rest of the week yes. and just eat a lot of food and just relax a little bit. That's exciting stuff. Absolutely. Um, and so, uh, AJ today, actually, so AJ is a, a certified LinkedIn ads partner. And so, it's one of those things that we have all the time. We have questions, people asking us all the time about LinkedIn and LinkedIn advertising and all that. And we are just not up to speed, but I'm, I'm very excited about this interview because AJ, we're going to jump into a lot of that, right? Absolutely. We'll dive as deep as you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, AJ, tell us just a brief, quick overview of you and your business, what you guys do. Sure thing. So I, I started my company about five years ago. We're an ad agency that literally LinkedIn ads is all we do. I started it because my, at my past company, I grew it from, I grew a LinkedIn ads uh, account from nothing to becoming LinkedIn's largest spender worldwide. Wow. And yeah, and the whole time I'm sitting there going, I am killing it on LinkedIn ads. Like, why is no one online talking about Mm -hmm. this? Why is this platform nothing? So uh, that's really why we started it out. Um, I'm in the state of Utah. Uh, We've got about six employees. So we're we're very small, but uh, boy, are we having fun. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, and we got talking too. I, it's been a long time since I've been to Utah, specifically Salt Lake City. That's where a lot of my family is. But I love when we go and I follow, I'm a photographer as well. And so I follow a lot of photography accounts. And it seems like Utah for some, Utah and Canada. There's like a bunch of, it's like, it's beautiful. Beautiful. So we're going to come visit sometime, AJ. Just let you know. Please do. Bring your camera. <laughs> we'll go down to the, to the, all the five national parks down south. It's oh, amazing. Just breathtaking. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's, we always like to kind of start off our episodes with a little bit of fun yeah. before we dive into it. So what do we have for us today, Lauren? We always start our episodes with what are you obsessed with this week? So starting with our guest, AJ, what are you obsessed with this week? Okay. I'm going to take this a little bit geeky. I, I wanted to take this away from work, <laughs> but I, I, I can't quite this week. Um, I, I got really deep into uh, into Excel macros and the VBA programming because I've had yeah. like this one use case I do all the time. It's uh, the same calculated columns I create for every report. And mm-hmm. one day I just said, you know what? I know it would only take me five minutes to do this, but I'm going to spend the next six hours trying to figure out how to create a macro that will just do all this for me. So that's what I've done this last week. I've just been nice. Did super you get deep. it to work? I did. Yep. Yeah, as of oh, Saturday, nice. it was fully working. Wow. Well, see, you're going to save so much more time though. I mean, even though 
you know, that's pretty awesome. That's all. I, I that, was so. pretty, that was pretty geek. That was that was heavy. Yeah. I was not just like, <laughs> hey, I'm into this like Star Wars thing that just came out, but uh, like that was that was heavy, man. That I was, was like, awesome. he's smart. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks for bringing that flavor on the show. That's good, AJ. I like it. All right, Lauren, what's uh, what are you obsessed with? All right. Well, first question. When was the last time oh, you listened goodness. to a song by Switchfoot? Oh, by Switchfoot? Yeah. Uh, it's been probably in the past month. Month? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I it's love been, Switchfoot. It's been a while for me. Okay. And they recently came out with a song that they partnered with Lindsey Sterling, who I mentioned earlier in this podcast. Mm-hmm. He's a violinist. Yep. And they did a song called Voices. Have you heard it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, that's a great. Um, anyways, um, it was really cool. They did a video and basically and they partnered together and they had all of the real life negative commentary that people have written about them oh, on the background. Wow. And they're brutal, like yeah. really brutal ones. And the whole point of their song is to like show like the effects that negative words have on people. And they're yeah. talking about the voices that are in their head. And it's pretty, it's, I mean, they have it written on their faces. They have it all over them. And we kind of forget in a digital world, like the power that words can have. And it was a really cool video. I know they're not the first people to have ever done something like that, but these two pairings, it was a really powerful song and I Mm. thought it was really good. So I, I was digging it. Good for you. That's awesome. Mine is way less impactful and way less geeky <laughs> and nerdy as well, too. I Mine goes into, uh, I'm re-watching Parks and Rec and just the Ron Swanson just character. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just, I just want to be him. So one of my favorite episodes actually where he's, it's his birthday surprise oh. and he like doesn't like surprises at all. And so anyway, he, Leslie surprises him by basically leaving him alone. She like gets a steak. She sets him down with like a glass of whiskey and like his, an old movie, old war movie. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like that's what I want for my birthday so badly. And so anyway, yeah, it's just kind of like I started it. I just randomly saw it and I was like, I haven't watched it in a year or so. And, and I'm, now I'm just back into it. Yeah. yeah. So it'll, it'll do that to you. But anyway, fun fact: I actually got to film Nick Offerman, met him at one point And, um, he was actually, uh, he was a really cool guy. It was really, uh, really a lot of fun. And so anyway. Um, My favorite Audie, Ron Swansonism. I, I would love to go to a restaurant one day and order the turf and turf. The turf and turf, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, and that, that was actually the previous episode where he, he did that with the diner. He was like, I'm going to have all the bacon and eggs that you have. He's like, <laughs> let me correct. You think I, I meant a lot of bacon and eggs. I said all of the bacon and eggs. <laughs> So, uh, but he actually, yeah, we got to film um, him with, he makes his own ukulele and obviously a big woodworker, uh, Nick Offerman, the real, the real guy. And so he, he actually filmed, we filmed a song, a music, little music video with him and his ukulele, which was a lot of fun. So really cool guy. He's pretty much that same character in real life. So, which is crazy. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, it's like he didn't have to change a whole lot for his character for that one. So, um, all right. So, I'm really I'm excited to jump into this. Yeah, I'm too into some LinkedIn stuff. So, um, Lauren, do you have a quote for us today? I do. I actually found a really cool quote. Nice. Let's kick it off here. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce this website. Kinsta. Have you ever heard of Kinsta? I have not. Have you heard of Kinsta? Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know what it is, but I've at least heard of Kinsa. All right. Well, they gave us an awesome quote here. Um, They said, LinkedIn is a specially good source for discovering leads. HubSpot found that LinkedIn is 277% more effective at generating leads than Facebook and Twitter. 
Given this, it's no surprise that 79% of marketers see LinkedIn as a very good source of leads, with 43% of marketers saying they have sourced at least one customer from LinkedIn. That number increases for B2B marketers who report that 80% of their social media leads come from LinkedIn. Good grief. Would you agree with that statement, AJ? Yeah, I I totally believe it. It's so funny. When I very first started using LinkedIn, I, I got... I got job offers. I got leads as I would use it more. And I just mm-hmm. figured that was the normal. And then as I, I've been talking to people after starting my company, uh, I found that you could have a LinkedIn profile and not have it be a lead generation source. And so, so much of what I've done has been like, well, what are you doing wrong here? Like yeah. get more active. It, it really is. It's, it's the place for leads. And if you're ignoring it, uh, you're just, you're leaving so much on the table. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that was actually kind of one of our opening questions is why is it so important to be on LinkedIn? I mean, to kind of answer that, but I mean, that's, it's obviously, Gary Vee relates it to this. He says it's Facebook pages for like 2011, 2012, where it is just organic reaches on there. If you're on there, it's going to obviously start uh, pushing a lot of traffic your way and getting your stuff seen. It's just super organic from what we've seen. And then obviously you pair it with some really good paid uh, traffic as well. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, goodness. I mean, I can't imagine the amount of leads and that's probably where a lot of that quote came out of. It's awesome. So um, what are some kind of misconceptions that you see uh, people uh, really have about LinkedIn or about even, even paid traffic on LinkedIn? Well, the coolest thing about LinkedIn right now organically is it's the easiest place in the world to go viral. It's really, mm-hmm. really common for people to go viral and they might not even know that it's happening. They just know that when they post they're seeing more views than on that post than they have followers. And that's mm. really cool. I think the biggest misconception is that LinkedIn has to be a, a place where you're buttoned up wearing your tie. When the yeah, stuff that really yeah. goes viral, the stuff that, that uh, is really getting appreciated right now is people being vulnerable, sharing things that they've learned. Um, very much the same thing that you would probably already be sharing on Facebook, but just find some way to tie it into who you are as a professional. And Hmm. it does really well. It doesn't have to be like, you know, hoity-toity, this is me as a super dry, you know, business person. You can show personality. That's super interesting. And I don't, I mean, I'm on there as well. And just mainly, what do they call the Reddit creepers? The people that never basically contribute on LinkedIn, but they're just like, you're on Reddit. (laughs) The lurkers. The lurkers, yeah. Because I'm always intrigued by it. And so I'm always going through there, but I always do feel like if I do make a post, it's usually about something business related Uh or some type of value give, which which is great in and of itself. But... I don't ever think to actually show personality. I think, well, I go to Instagram for that or I go to Facebook or, you know, whatever it is like to show some more personality. That's, that is interesting because that, I mean, you're right. It's definitely one of those that people want to get to know you. They want to know who you are outside of work, but still there's obviously a professional um, look about it that you kind of have to keep. But I mean, it really, I mean, just that personal touch is, is awesome. That's, that's a great, that's a great point that I don't think even myself, I don't look at LinkedIn like that. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm, the reason why LinkedIn is so easy to go viral on right now is because only 4% of, of people out there will post on LinkedIn, but 100% of people need content in their news feeds when they log in and the <laughs> news feed is their homepage. So yeah. LinkedIn looks at it and goes, okay, well, the people who are posting will put you in other people's feeds uh, who, who have liked, comment, or reshared the stuff. And mm-hmm. it means if you are willing to like 
get over the, I'm so scared to post something in front of my, uh, my <laughs> corporate circles, yeah, get past yeah. the fear and boy, do you get rewarded for it. Yeah, no, that's incredible. That's incredible. Well, and let's talk a little bit too about the, uh, the effects of video. So uh, do you see a difference in actual posts themselves? So when, you know, when we talk about like Facebook and different things like that, um, a lot of times static images don't do as well as video. What are you seeing even from just a kind of a newsfeed look in LinkedIn? Video does a really good job of getting people to stop. Like we call them thumb stoppers. Uh, oh, yeah, if, they yeah. see, if they see movement going on in their feed, uh, people are more likely to stop and actually look at what it is that you're sharing. Um, imagery, we tell people that the whole reason that you put an image in a post is just to get people's attention to read the ad copy that you wrote or mm. to, to, get, to read what it is that you're actually sharing. But yeah, video yeah. kind of plays two pieces. It's movement to get you to stop and it's communicating a message without making the person read. Yeah. Oh, that's that's true. That's very good. Yeah. And so we've I noticed. I mean, we do a lot of video marketing. I mean, that's kind of our our main thing. And I've we've noticed. Obviously, LinkedIn Live um, has launched, and so for sp- some specific people, right? Um, and AJ and you and I had had a conversation before recording too about uh, a guy that I know that I've met actually just kind of run into him at different conferences and stuff, and um, really great guy. But he started doing a lot of video on LinkedIn before Live. They they released Live, and he was. One one of the first 12 that got access to it and he's the plumber. And so it's, it's actually, that's, he does a plumbing show. He talks about plumbing. He is like targeted at small businesses and what you got to look out for and tips and tricks. And he has a whole studio now because I mean, that's become his business is LinkedIn live, which is so crazy. Um, but he basically built this out of him just having a plumbing business in Dallas, which is so crazy. But he started doing that. He started paying attention. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm posting video and, and people are responding a lot. And same with, with uh, LinkedIn Live. And so um, tell us a little bit, for, just for those who don't know, I mean, uh, LinkedIn Live is definitely different than like a Facebook or an Instagram or something like that. So can you, can you kind of in, jump into a little bit of that? Yeah, so it works very much the same way as you expect Live to work on every platform. It's, you know, you... you connect up to its third-party software right now and uh, make it to where it will start you know, pushing out what you're doing live. But mm-hmm. LinkedIn, as far as we know, will always be an application process. So while it started out on beta with Facebook and then they rolled out to everyone, did the same thing with Instagram, mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, it's always going to be an application process wow. uh, huh. as far as we know. So uh, yeah. if you're waiting for it to roll out, um, don't wait for it to roll out. Go apply now. <laughs> Just get, get your application in yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, you'll get it three months from now, but at least like apply now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, hey, that's great advice too. I mean, that's something now even, it kind of goes into one of our next questions too, but like, you know, an, an early business that that is really trying to engage on LinkedIn. I mean, even for us, I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're now starting to focus a lot more on LinkedIn and putting additional content out there as well. Um, you know, LinkedIn Live, do you think even those applications, are they going to kind of look through how much value you're providing that you're obviously not spamming. I mean, I'm assuming that it's a human that's probably going through this, this application process. Yeah. I think to start out, what they want is, is quality. They want everyone who's doing live for the first six months uh, to be quality people who are sharing quality things. I think mm-hmm. at some point they'll let the reins up and you don't have to be a quote unquote influencer to, uh, to get access anymore. But it's, it's more, if you apply, it means they're going to have a tighter leash over, uh, over like the type of content you're sharing. Mm-hmm. And because the last thing they'd want is for really inappropriate content to be streamed on their platform and them end up in the news for it. So yeah. I think that's the, the goal. 
Yeah, no, that and that makes sense. Obviously, I mean that's, yeah, you see that with Facebook, you see that with it, with Instagram as well, and even probably YouTube. We don't use as much YouTube Live, but um, Facebook especially. I mean, you they have so many people doing those checks constantly on the back end, but I, I can't even imagine if you just kind of let the floodgates down, what that would do. Um, yeah, that would, uh, that, that's probably smart on their part to, to go through this application process, but it's actually good. I mean, it kind of makes you feel like, great, the stuff that I'm going to be seeing in my feed is going to be quality stuff. I don't have to worry about, you know, getting spammed a lot. And so that's, uh, that's actually really cool. Yeah, definitely. So for, I mean, we kind of talked about, you know, like us as a young business and everything like that, but if you could simplify, where should young businesses be fo- focusing their time on LinkedIn? Cause it's just such an overwhelming process. We deal with so many businesses and they see social media, like I got to do it all. And then they go on these platforms and they're like, I got to do it, everything. And it, they just, they, they burn out and fail mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. on social media, not the business. Itself. <laughs> well, sometimes a business too. Right, right, right. But what would you suggest for them? Yeah, I think there are a few different directions you can look to. If you're just looking at the entire, like, here is LinkedIn, what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, you can post things from your company's page. You can post things from your personal page and you can write articles on your, your personal page or, or from your personal profile. Um, and then, of course, there's advertising. So you look at all four of those pieces and go, where am I going to get the most value? Uh, I'll share with you, if you have a company page and a personal profile that have the same number of followers, if you post something, in uh, the same thing on both, you'll usually get 10 times the engagement, 10 times the views on your personal post rather than the company's. Mm. So if, if you're short on time, uh, mm-hmm. I would post <laughs> from your personal profile first. And yeah. sure, you know, post content on, from your company page if you want as well. But we talked about that whole viral effect on LinkedIn, how easy it is to go viral. That virality is driven by social actions. It's the mm-hmm. likes, the comments, and the shares, but especially the comments. So if you mm-hmm. can put a post out there personally, uh, people like to engage and you know have conversations with real people, not with faceless organizations. So yeah. you post something, uh, try to encourage commenting. Like the goal of every one of my posts is going to be how do I get people to want to respond here mm-hmm. and that's that's how you just get tons and tons of free views. Yeah, no, that's a, that's fantastic advice. We've actually experienced that. So we have a client of ours that actually has a larger personal following than they do on their business. And him as a podcaster, uh, he's he definitely we. We have you know we obviously help with with creating that that content for him, and he. Uh, he always moves it over to his shares. Like he'll share that page post or share from his personal. His personal always does way better than the impact. And you probably actually speak a little bit more to that, Lauren, just on the analytics side, because it's kind of crazy the reach that a personal profile gets compared to the, the business side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, all I can do is echo and say, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then we have, we oh, have the posts, but we also have articles that people can write. Articles, you know, three years ago when they very first came out were hot stuff. Everyone wanted to write articles because they got tons of free organic views. Uh, But as soon as they gained mass adoption, LinkedIn stopped seeding them with like letting your entire network know that you've written one. And so, uh, so definitely post first before you write articles. Articles will live forever, but Mm -hmm. won't get very much exposure. Posts will be like a flash of lightning. Like they'll do really well for one to, you know, one to seven days maybe. Mm-hmm. And after that, they, they kind of fade away into obscurity. So it's just 
like long and slow is articles, short bursts are, are your uh, posts. Post. How would you compare uh, the article side of, of LinkedIn to um, like a medium or something along that lines? Or yeah, really, really similar to medium. In fact, mm-hmm. anything that I would post on LinkedIn uh, as an article, I would post the same thing word for word on medium. I would okay. post the same thing word for word on my blog. I would just do it on my blog first. So search engines index and give all the credit to my that blog. It's, yeah. 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 Anyone who's on my website is worth more money to me than someone who's on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, so post it on, on your blog first, let it get indexed for search engine results, then go and post exactly the same thing to LinkedIn and Medium. Okay. So, and that's, that's, that's fantastic advice because I think that even I, I forget a lot of times about the article side of, of LinkedIn and I, I tend to obviously forget about the slide share side as well. Um, do you see even some of that engagement um, going up as well? If you're posting an actual you know, presentation compared to an article compared to a video, you know, and I don't, I, that just randomly just popped in my head because I know that they acquired SlideShare uh, two years ago, I believe. Um, and so have you seen some of that too, AJ? No, SlideShare seems like it got abandoned a little bit, oh, really? uh, <laughs> which is sad because I'm, I'm a conference. I speak at a lot of conferences. I'm mm-hmm. a conference goer. I'm an attendee. And uh, I, I love SlideShare because I get access to the presenter's decks and get yeah. to learn from all of, uh, all of their years of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like LinkedIn kind of brought them in and went, oh, we can't really monetize this as well as we thought. Um, <laughs> but what they did just do, they just made a post format where all of us can go and put a PowerPoint deck up, for instance, mm-hmm. or a PDF into, our, uh, into the post itself. And it becomes a really engaging format where people can like, shuffle uh-huh. through uh, the individual slides right within a post. And those do get a lot of exposure. So huh. again, that becomes one of those things like, sure, post it up on SlideShare so that it has that long, long slow burn uh, yeah. kind of value to it, but also post it up as a, a native presentation on LinkedIn and get that you know, quick burst from it. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I've never thought of that. I hadn't either. That's, yeah, that's really, and now I'll say it because I was a big fan of SlideShare back in the day when they first launched that product. And so I was a little afraid when LinkedIn did take it over. Um, I mean, for, for me, the biggest one that just came out, I mean, Gary Vee launched his um, however many 89 page whatever slide share deck. And I mean, it was, it was crazy. And that started showing up everywhere and it always gets me more interested. And so then I go browsing and then find obviously there's so much information um, in those decks. And I agree. And I even think about that as a, as a speaker yourself, you know, being able to say, Hey, here is the presentation you want to go. And it automatically connects you, especially you as a LinkedIn guy, because that's where you want to obviously drive them to kind of get that experience. I'm sure. So um, that's, that's really, really cool. That's really cool. So one of the reasons we had you on today is we really wanted to dive deep into LinkedIn ads. There's yes. so many questions about it. Um, we have a lot of people that have been trying for years on Facebook ads. and They're like, it's just gotten really complicated. We're not seeing the success. And people are like, well, have you tried LinkedIn ads? And then it kind of just the interest stopped because I think they're nervous. You know, like, I don't know how to do yeah. that. So tell us why LinkedIn ads and why are they so valuable? Well, what's so cool about LinkedIn ads is we can reach very, very specific people. I mean, if you can figure out who is my ideal target audience by their job title, by their company size and their industry, by skills, seniority, the individual groups that they're members of, um, by email address, by like the list goes on and on. That's I probably only named off about a sixth of all the targeting facets that we have. And if your goal is, you know, every time I generate a lead, I want it to be from my ideal target audience, 
LinkedIn is the only way to go. Facebook ads for so long has been so inexpensive that even though the targeting was pretty broad for, for business to business purposes, it was still worth it because you could you know, cherry pick and throw stuff out and you're still left with the value and it was relatively inexpensive. LinkedIn's always been pretty expensive. You know, right now we're paying between six and 10 bucks a click uh, for traffic. And mm-hmm. so certainly you look at that and go, wow, that's you know, two or three times what I might pay on Facebook, uh, maybe even more. But mm-hmm. if you realize that, okay, when I close a deal, it's worth $15,000 to me. I'm okay paying that yeah. you know, six to 10 bucks <laughs> up front. Yeah. And I know my sales team is going to love the quality of the leads that comes in because we're only showing the ads to people who are perfect for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and you think about it, even uh, old, back in the day when you're paying for leads, I mean, that even five or six bucks a lead or $10 a lead is still extremely cheap uh, when it came to that uh, that quality of lead. So, I mean, obviously, we've kind of gotten a little, like you said, just a little spoiled when it comes to Facebook ads, even though they're broad. And then obviously before um, all of the changes, you know, because before you could target directly for people who worked for specific companies and go into even a little bit deeper than what you probably should have been able to. And that's why they pull it back. Um, but even in this sense, I mean, this is already there. I mean, with LinkedIn, I mean, all that information is there. And I can't, I mean, the quality lead, like you said, you're going to spend a little more per, per click. But when it comes to the actual quality is, is probably just way better um, and even higher targeted too. Totally. And Facebook is still incredible ad technology. I would never bash Facebook and tell people you shouldn't be using it. But at some point there comes a time where you look at Like, I'm not just going to pay attention to my cost per click or my cost per opt-in. I care about my cost per qualified lead or my cost per sales qualified lead. And when you compare the two platforms, especially if, you know, if you are high value B2B, um, you'll see LinkedIn really looking good. So make sure you give it a shot. Don't just look at the high CPCs and go, ah, that one must not be for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you see, and uh, you guys probably do a lot of testing. I mean, we're, we're definitely more on the creative side of it. And so um, testing out those different pieces, um, what do you see that tends to work? Uh, you know, maybe just pick a, a random vertical, but what do you see that really works when it comes to visuals? So is, you know, I, I immediately go to, well, if I see a LinkedIn ad, is it going to be, you know, stock video of some random guy that you know doesn't work at the company or whatever? I mean, is it more of a personal, authentic connection that you see with video or photo or something like that? What, what tends to work better? Yeah. First of all, you just want something that's going to stand out because if it looks like a stock photo, people on LinkedIn see enough stock photos, they're just going to keep scrolling. Yep. So I, I tell clients if they're saying like, hey, I can pull I can pull in a stock photo for this. I'll go, you know what? I'd rather that you just like walked into your office and took a picture with your iPhone yeah. than, uh, <laughs> of like one of your employees at a desk so uh-huh. that it, it's not a stock photo. Yeah. Um, what you want is because LinkedIn's color palette, very similar to Facebook, is blues, grays, and whites. And so you're shooting for imagery, whether it's, it's video or static of, you know, you want the opposite on the color wheel. You want the, the oranges, the greens, the reds. And those are going to help it pop. Then people will actually pay attention to the words you've written, the ad copy you so lovingly sculpted. Um, <laughs> that's that's where you can actually get the call to action out and tell people yeah. why this is valuable to them. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's that's definitely good to know, especially in the sense of um, that contrast. And so we we talk about that a lot too. Of the black, we're more black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's definitely you know, but hey, we may run this as a some type of LinkedIn ad. We may have to do some because. 
Lauren's wearing her, her red Red shirt today. (laughs) So yeah, who knows? I mean, we, we could, we could, you know, do a little test campaign on this and see if it actually worked, but um, no, that's, that's great advice. And I think a lot of people don't even really think about that. They think they have to put together this, uh, you know, $10,000 commercial and we're going to put that in the feed and they spend all this money on that one. I agree. I think the more like walk into your office, take a picture on your iPhone of, of an employee is probably going to get more results because it looks more natural. It's going to stop the scroll um, and, and have somebody actually pay attention to it. So um, I've seen, of course, we're always trying to keep up trends on like different video tricks and different things sure. like that and transitions. Um, there's obviously some things that you can do to, to stop it. But I think those are, those are good just kind of entry level, just, hey, color, you know, pay attention to what, what colors you're using. So I mean, yes. I think that's like the most simple, like, tip you can give is pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> like look at the, like even like look at the platform and understand the platform. I mean, it's, it's huge in itself. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'll also mention because you, you kind of mentioned some of the, the tricks in transition. Uh, just like Facebook, your videos are going to autoplay in the feed muted. And so it's super important to have subtitles because mm-hmm. there's 80% of the people won't even end up watching it with audio anyway. So make it so it's watchable and people will get involved in the story and want to stay till the end. Uh, And you can do that with subtitles. Oh, Um, absolutely. I I also heard Marty Weintraub from aimclear.com speak at a conference a few weeks ago. And he mentioned that they're having a lot of success right now on LinkedIn uh, with having all the transitions be that like flash to white. And it just catches you out of the corner of your eye, like all that movement. It's not just video movement. It's like, flashing and it makes you want to pay attention. So that's the next thing I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah. Strobe that's, lights, just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just coming through. No, that's, that's actually really great. That's, that's very interesting too. I mean, we talk about anything to really kind of stop the scroll and say, I mean, it's, it is one of those that you constantly have to pay attention to that. Um, and I don't know, that's, that's really good. And the captions too. I mean, we, again, I, I agree scrolling through, um, you want, I mean, how many times you, I think, again, pay attention to this stuff, but look at your own personal preferences. And a lot of times I'm not automatically going to click on a video to hear the audio of it. So if somebody is talking, I'm scrolling right past if I don't see some type of caption to grab my attention. So um, no, I think that's, I think that's great advice too. Yeah. Well, can you give any other basic general tips for running your first LinkedIn ad? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, if we can touch on video for a minute. Yes, um, please. I, 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 LinkedIn just released video ads uh, uh, like a year and a half ago. And quite frankly, they're not a great ad format. Um, really? Yeah. The reason is twofold. Number one, it's expensive. And number two, there's no way to follow up. So, uh, you know, on LinkedIn, you're going to pay by the, the two second view. And you'll pay an average of call it 14 cents per view. But if you've run Facebook, you're probably used to paying one to two cents yeah, per three yeah. second view. Yeah. Or YouTube, you might be used to paying five cents per 30 second view. And so you look at the costs and immediately go, wow, this feels expensive. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook and YouTube, you have this ability to say, once someone has watched 50% of my video, mm-hmm. now I want to show them the next thing yeah. in the sequence. Yeah, a little retargeting, yeah. Yeah, LinkedIn doesn't have that yet. I know it's in, in mm-hmm. process and we'll probably have it in the next mm-hmm. quarter or two. But that engagement retargeting piece, because they don't have that yet, I know I'm paying a lot for views that just go into a black hole. I know someone saw it. I know I made an impression on them, but I can't measure it. Wow. Um, but huh. as, soon as, as soon as I can measure that with, with retargeting and start to like build a funnel, I'm going to start really recommending LinkedIn video ads. But for right now, until that comes out, I'm going static image all the way. Just go 
vanilla, like single image <laughs> sponsored content in your newsfeed. Uh-huh. And, you know, it stands on the merit of how did the image grab their attention and how did your ad copy spur them to action? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. That's, um, I, so I'll kind of follow up with this too. Have you seen more traffic mobile or desktop view? Cause I, I'm, I'm almost 50% on my experience with LinkedIn. A lot of times we're with Facebook, I'm all over, all over my phone, right? I rarely get on Facebook on web, but for LinkedIn, for some reason, I'm just pulled into more of a, you know, desktop experience. What, what, what have you seen? Yeah, it's not quite as high as Facebook, but we're still like on ads that I'm running, we routinely see 80% plus mobile. Uh, mobile, uh, wow. Yeah, okay. but Brian, I'm with you. Like anytime I get a chance to, to use LinkedIn on desktop, I will. Uh, it's a rarity on mobile. I might be, I might be 50-50. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's so crazy in today's world because you would think that most of it would be a mobile uh, platform. But we've, we've been able to tell even from uh, podcast plays and different things with different clients that a lot of times those B2B customers are getting you know desktop player um, uh, experiences basically they're listening to the podcast on their desktop, which <laughs> it, again blows me away too. I'm so glad that we have those analytics because my my go to is like, well, everybody's listening on mobile, right? That's the experience that I have, and so um, that is something that we've we've definitely had had to kind of step back and be like, okay, let's take another look at this and see. And the reason I asked you that, AJ, is because you know with formatting content, a lot of times that four by five ratio or something to fill up the most that you can on a mobile phone. Um, if, if the experience is kind of 50-50, I guess you kind of have to look at it because on a desktop, that content, if you put it into more of a 4 by 5 has those black bars. It doesn't look as professional. It looks like you're kind of lazy and not really paying attention to the format. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are little things. I mean, we talk about geeking out. Those are the little things mm-hmm. I geek out about um, as well as making sure it looks good on that, on that platform. So um, that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely some good, some good feedback to uh, kind of see your experience as well of, of not knowing. You know, what it is exactly, but if you're sticking with photo specifically for mm-hmm. ads, um, I'd say keep keep doing that. That's, that's great advice. And LinkedIn did just barely release a vertical video, by the way, in ads. Oh. So you're probably going to start seeing vertical video that people want to scroll through on their phones. And mm-hmm. that sounds like it would look terrible on desktop, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they really do format it correctly on there. So that way it makes it a little easier on us. But uh, um, because you, you do want your customers to have the best experience with your content. So sure. what were you saying? Oh, no, I was just saying that's just such fantastic advice because especially for small businesses, I mean, when they don't, they have a limited budget. If they're wasting it on video content, they can't even track. You yeah, know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, especially a lot of, you know, small businesses and that be their first time, you know, putting together an ad, they may not know. They think, well, it's great that someone's watching it, but you really want that data to be able to retarget them and really follow that up. And so that's fantastic just to use stills right now. Yeah. Well, and Lauren, you bring up a really good point. If you don't mind, I'm going to like pull us in a direction here yeah. um, because you bring up an awesome point about like where LinkedIn sits in the funnel, what people are uh, willing to interact with. and uh, where we point them as advertisers. Because I, I kind of run into two different types of advertisers. The first, they want to go right to the bottom of the funnel and show an ad that just says, uh, you know, open your wallet and buy now or click here to talk to our sales rep. And, yeah. you know, th- this is passive advertising. You know, you're, you're showing to people not while they're searching for it. And no one wants to talk to a salesman for any reason. Like, it's just, it's scary um, and, and daunting. and It's high friction. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're not willing to buy something from someone unless, you know, they already know, like, and trust them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't go right to the bottom of the funnel. But then uh, we have those advertisers like you're talking about, Lauren, where you go 
right to the top of the funnel uh, for something that you can't track. So imagine someone saying, like, for my target audience, I want to build goodwill. So I'm going to send them to our latest blog posts. But what happens is you're going to pay that same six to 10 bucks a click to send someone to your blog or to look at infographics or to watch videos on your site. But all of those types of, of content have inherently very weak calls to action and mm-hmm. low conversion rates. And at some time, you're going to have to reconcile with the fact that you're paying, you know, 300 to to $1,000 per lead. And like no one in their right mind is going to keep going on that program. Yeah. So yeah. our recommendation is always provide value first, but make sure that, that it's gated. You're going to get at least first name, last name, email address out of someone. And so the type of offer you want to think of is a free checklist or a cheat sheet, uh, a free guide, webinar, in-person event, um, something where you're giving content that actually solves a pain point for them or uh, teaches them, satisfies a curiosity. And in exchange for that, it's got to be so irresistible that they're willing to give you their email address in exchange for it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see that on LinkedIn to where people are a little more willing to, to type in an email address? I know that that kind of lead magnet stuff and you just different platforms works in different ways, but what have you seen on LinkedIn for that? Yeah, people tend to trust LinkedIn a little bit more. We see really good conversion rates and really high lead quality come from LinkedIn. And I think a lot of that stems from the fact that when you're on there, uh, you, it's, it's professional. Uh, you're talking to people that you trust and therefore mm-hmm. advertisers, uh, you probably have a higher level of trust towards them as opposed to something like Facebook where, you know, the ad before it, you just saw a belly fat ad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now they're, you know, now they're seeing your, your thing and it doesn't carry the same level of trust. Yeah, no, that's, man, that's, that's, I completely agree. And that's, that's definitely something that's built into the platform already is like, this is, this is higher quality. You kind of expect a different experience as well. So that's, that's fantastic. Well, AJ, thank you so much, seriously, for, for jumping on with us today and, and joining us. Um, we want to make sure, where can people find out some more information about you to get connected with your business or even, you know, obviously uh, work with you? Uh, well, I'm easy to reach. Uh, on Twitter, WilcoxAJ. If you tweet at me, I will respond to everything. Um, if you find me on LinkedIn and you want to connect, just make sure you customize that connection request because I, I get too many and I, I won't accept something that someone's not telling no, me no, why yeah. they want to connect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then b2linked.com, our website, if anyone wants to uh, just fill out the contact form there, um, you go directly to my inbox and I'm not a sales guy. So uh, any question, feel free to reach out and I'll be happy to answer. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, make sure that, that you obviously check out uh, AJ and all of, I mean, the amazing stuff that he's doing. And, and obviously, if you get a chance to hear him speak at any type of conference too, we're, uh, we're going to be tracking you, AJ. We're going we're gonna to bump into you some point here uh, yes. or come visit you in Utah. <laughs> so if you're ever in Utah too, look up AJ. Uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll take you around to the mountains and all this stuff, right? Bring your camera. Oh yeah, <laughs> please do. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, um, as always, we have all the show notes, all the uh, links and everything that AJ uh, talked about today and make sure to check that out on GoRogueX.com. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching and uh, we'll see you next week. You guys ready for your rapid fire? Let's do this. So ready. All right. What is your least favorite type of music? Ooh. Mm. Oh. All right. Go AJ. Because I'm trying to think. I can't think of one. Oh, man. Um, I, I think I have to say rap. 
Um, oh, wow. I, 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 lo- I love hip hop. Um, I mean, pop punk is like my by far favorite. Nice. But, uh, but rap, I, I just, I've never been able to fully appreciate. There are a few like Nicki Minaj songs I can appreciate, but other than that, <laughs> it doesn't go very deep. A certain, certain type of rap. So I'm going to go <laughs> other end of the spectrum. So I love 90s country, but I cannot stand like today country ish. I just, I, Oh, I can't stand it. I, and that's, I've, I've really have tried. I mean, there are a lot of, it just sounds a little too poppy and there are some, there's, I guess some decent songs out there, but it doesn't feel like country, like nineties country is country music. And then like even eighties country and seventies, but for some reason, if I'm going to, I'm an old man. <laughs> the lines are blurring way too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you, Lauren? So I have to agree with AJ. I do not like rap. Um, I try to really appreciate it, but it's just not something that I sit down and want to listen to. Mm. It's just hard for me to relax to or anything like that. And I just, I just do not have the appreciation for it. Yeah. Bumping it in your car. Mm -mm. No, (laughs) no. With the, with all our, we, we, we both have uh, uh, preschoolers and and she has a a toddler. And so, yeah, there's not a lot of rap music being played Mm. in general. (laughs) I like rap music. I still don't get to listen to it. So anyway, all right. That was good. That was a good question. Yeah. Okay. Next one is what celebrity annoys you the most? Mm. All right, I'll go because I have I thought about this. Do it. So Jesse Eisenberg drives me insane. What really? really? He annoys me so much. I just I, I doubt he's a, a terrible <laughs> person, but he just seems like the biggest jerk, and all the characters he plays are just yeah. a jerk. I can see that. He just bugs me. His little face. I just can't do it, and I feel so bad because. He's obviously probably a nice person. Mm-hmm. I haven't met him and talked to him and been like, wow, you're a jerk, but just not a fan. Yeah. Just gives off jerk vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead, AJ. I'm going to defer to you here. All right. This, this one's going to be hard for me, but Emma Stone, uh, I, I just, for some reason, yeah. just cannot get behind Emma Stone. Like <laughs> her, her voice, her face, I don't know what it is, but um, I, have a, I have a hard time like watching any movie she's in. <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. Mine was kind of—I don't really see her as much, but for some reason, Ariana Grande. It seemed like she was like popping up everywhere at one point, and I was just like, "This is just—it's like she's pretty, and that's—I understand that she had like this this album, like her songs and stuff or whatever. But for some reason, I just immediately saw her and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I just—I <laughs> and like I, she's probably a nice person and whatever. I don't know anything about her, but for some reason, it was like that immediate. Just like, oh, here we go again. Like somebody, you know what I mean? And so the other one, I have another one and I feel bad for this kind of now, but like Kanye, like for some reason, I just, I, I'm the same way. I'm like, dude, I just don't want to see anything. I don't, I don't want to see anything Kanye. And I know he just had a new album. It's had a big change of heart or whatever else, but still I'm like, oh, dude, too much, too much Kanye, too much, man. So anyway. That was a two-parter for me. I apologize. There you go. Yeah. It's just weird how sometimes celebrities, like people you don't even know, just bug you. (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) Those are good. All right. We're out. Listen, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.